It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. This is Cuda Confidential. The official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest on Cuda Confidential played four years at Holy Cross University in Worcester, Mass. Before closing out his college career at D1 Upstart Long Island University in 2022-23. He wrapped up his season by playing 14 games with the Barracuda and in May signed his first professional contract with San Jose for the 2023-24 year. With that, we are pleased to welcome Anthony Vincent to the Cuda Confidential Podcast. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We are very pleased to welcome Anthony Vincent onto the show for the first time. Anthony, first of all, thank you so much for the time. Second, how are you feeling? You've officially inked your first American Hockey League contract. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, well, thanks. First of all, thank you for having me on. And uh, second of all, yeah, it's a great feeling. I'm definitely excited to get back to things in San Jose, but uh, it's a big sigh of relief to get that first one out of the way and uh, hopefully go uh, from there and see what happens. I'm sure last year, we talked a little bit, but last year was a whirlwind for you. You finished up school, not officially yet from an academic standpoint, but you finished your collegiate career up. You spent a fifth and final year at Long Island University, and then you jump right into the pro level. You play 14 games with Barracuda at the end of the year. What do you make of that entire experience? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it was a little hectic. Uh, I actually found out about three days before that I was going to San Jose, and um, obviously I couldn't turn down that opportunity, but um, overall it was a dream come true because um, I was actually supposed to go to uh, the East Coast right before that, and uh, once they called uh, San Jose, I couldn't turn it down. And playing those 14 games and sort of coming right from a – college season being in shape that I think that helped a little bit but also just getting that experience under my belt was something that I think will help me down the road so it's great to get those 14 games out of the way and uh, we'll see what happens from there well it's funny you began your pro career at or excuse me your college career at Holy Cross which is at Worcester Mass so there's a connection with the Sharks organization their HL team is there for a long time then you went off to Long Island University for your final season so you're right in the the cluster of New York Boston area and there's lots of American Hockey League teams, but you end up landing with a franchise and an organization all the way on the West Coast. So I'm sure that added an extra wrinkle to finishing up your college season and all of a sudden joining a new team, but having to cross the country in the process. Yeah, no, it definitely was a whirlwind of emotions and everything. But it's actually funny. I was in I was at Arizona State because that's where we finished and only brought a duffel bag. So didn't really have a chance to come home and get stuff. So that was definitely an interesting thing, just coming in with all Long Island stuff. But uh, I was able to get a few things shipped out. Um, but yeah, just going right from Arizona State to San Jose uh, within a couple of days of notice, um, just trying to tell family and friends and everyone. But everyone was excited for me and it definitely was awesome. 
In May, you picked up your second degree. You got an MDA in data analytics. You had already collected your undergrad. You had a accounting degree from Holy Cross. Yeah. You get the data analytics degree from Long Island University. What does it mean to you to officially be done with school? Um, yeah, it's a it's a relief. Obviously, I'm going to miss uh, the college experience, all the friends and uh, coaches and everyone uh, that I met during my time in my five years there. But also, it's sort of a big sigh of relief. I don't have to worry about any more homework, anything like that. Um, now it's all hockey. So that's something that I've always looked forward to. And I'm finally excited to put that chapter behind me and just focus on hockey from here on out. I was, I was kind of similar when I was going to school. I love going to class because you start mm -hmm. studying things that kind of interest you, but it's the homework and like the extra stuff beyond yeah. just going to class that you're happy to be done with. Yeah, exactly. No, it's definitely, obviously it's great. Uh, college is um, a great four years, five years for me in the case, but yeah, uh, the homework always is a little bit challenging at times, but you always find a way to get it done. But now, now that it's over, it's definitely uh Nice to, like I said, just focus on hockey and that be my only focus from here on out. So in your mind's eye, what was the key to your big season this past year at LIU? You had 17 combined goals through your first four years of Holy Cross. Then you had that fifth season and you break out 17 goals last year. You were a Hobie Baker nominee. So in your mind, what was kind of the key to this big breakout year last year? Um, honestly, I... There's no like real factors or one thing that I can pinpoint, but honestly, a combination of just switching it up in schools, like a fresh start, uh, getting the opportunity to play a lot um, from the coaches, uh, the players, like everyone make, made that opportunity possible. So honestly, there's not one thing, but um, just the accumulation of uh, playing with new players, uh, that everyone that I played with uh, were phenomenal. So that helped a lot. And then just the trust that the coaches put in me, uh, sort of giving me that um, trust on the ice um, in key situations. Um, so yeah, all those um, opportunities sort of, I guess, helped me have a, the success I did there at Long Island University. So your fifth season, you get an extra year, the COVID year, everybody playing Division One sports granted an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. And I remember this vividly. Everybody throws their toiletry bag into a big bag when we travel. Yeah. And you had the, the Long Island University Sharks toiletry bag. And I remember John McCarthy specifically looking at, at that and going, look at this logo. This is sick. I love this logo. <laughs> he's, I think he even joked that he's like, I may have to take this from uh, Vinny. What about that experience made Long Island University kind of an intriguing location for you? Because that program is very much in its infancy. I believe it began in 2020. So at the division one level. So why was that a place you ended up landing on and choosing to go to with that final year of eligibility? Yeah, to, uh, to be honest, uh, it was the only program that sort of took a chance on me. So um, that was the only school that offered me an opportunity to, to do a fifth year. Um, so that was something that I really liked about the program. Um, obviously, it was a new program, but um, it was a chance for me to leave my mark as well. Um, so I thought I did a decent job of that. And um, honestly, from the coaches to the players, to the staff, I couldn't thank them enough for giving me that opportunity and uh, helped me get where I am today.
I looked at the map and Holy Cross and Long Island University, they're roughly the same. It seemed like distance wise, a couple hours away from, from your hometown in Connecticut. But I did notice that Long Island University is essentially right across the water. So did you always drive to go there when you travel back home or did you ever get on a boat? No. Yeah. You always, I would always have to go over. There's like the Frog's Neck or Whitestone Bridge. So it's always going over a bridge and Actually, it was really nice. It was only like 55 minutes of no traffic. So it was nice to uh, be so close to home, but also gave my parents a chance to come to almost every game. So that was a great thing as well. You're from Wilton, Connecticut, and now you're living with your family during the offseason in mm-hmm. Darien, which yep. uh, we were talking off air, just a beautiful little historic town. A lot of money as well some beautiful homes right on the water but what was like let's go back what was Wilton like growing up and what was the hockey culture like in Wilton Connecticut yeah I mean Wilton was unbelievable it was a little bit different I sort of never actually played for Wilton public schools or anything for hockey I always was on travel teams so I played for mid Fairfield growing up uh my coach Marvin Minkler sort of guided me through mid Fairfield and got me to prep school um, so like I ended up playing lacrosse for Wilton, but not a lot of hockey was done in uh, Wilton. Um, I always was on travel teams and stuff, but all the friends I made in Wilton, um, all the memories obviously will last a lifetime. But yeah, it was a little bit different in my past or just going on travel hockey teams. Like I'm sure a lot of kids did at my age as well. But yeah, a lot, a lot of Time was spent in like Stanford, Connecticut at the rink and stuff like that. And Darien, Connecticut, they have a rink there as well. So a lot of time away from Wilton. So obviously I want to thank my parents again for always waking up. At, we used to have like 5 a.m. practices. My dad would take me on any day of the week or the weekend. So yeah, obviously they had a big part in that as well. Sometimes you you question on what's going on in the middle of the day at hockey rinks, but because it seems like practice can be at 5 a.m. or sometimes you have adult league games at, at 1130. It's just so funny. Some of the wild times um, that go into being a hockey player uh, from a young age and even from a from an older age. You mentioned lacrosse. I know your sister played Division three lacrosse mm-hmm. hockey big in your life. Lacrosse kind of similar in terms of a, a sport that you had a ton of passion for. Um. I would say it was more of like uh, something I did for fun. Obviously, like even in prep school, we had to play three sports. So that was one of the sports that I chose. And actually, one of our assistant hockey coaches in prep school was the head coach of the JV lacrosse team. So a lot of hockey guys actually did that as well. So it was like it was a good switch up. So it wasn't always hockey, hockey, hockey. It sort of gave me the chance to develop my conditioning off the ice as well. And um, obviously, I love hockey, and that's my number one passion. But it was always good to make some new friends outside of hockey and uh, see what life was like uh, as a lacrosse as- athlete as well. So you mentioned you had to play three sports. You played hockey, played lacrosse. What was the third sport? Yeah, so I played uh, soccer as well. Uh, I, I don't s- think I was uh, very good at it, but <laughs> I played. Did you see any parallels or maybe even things that helped your your hockey game playing lax I know there's some uh, dexterity stuff people talk about with lacrosse and maybe even soccer with your cardio were there anything was there anything that you you feel like helped you when when hockey season did come around yeah I think the conditioning piece was always something that I sort of focused on like I always pride myself in being uh, in very good shape so I think like from the running from soccer and lacrosse 
uh, definitely helped. And even just the teamwork is soccer, hockey, and lacrosse are all team sports. And you can't win by yourself. So that's something that sort of helped me in hockey as well. Like everyone's a part of the team. And that's something that I really uh, like about the sport as well is that it's not one individual that uh, makes up the team. It's the team itself. So that's a big thing for me. We're talking to Barracuda Ford. Anthony Vincent just signed an AHL contract. He played 14 games last year with the Barracuda on a professional tryout agreement, but officially will be in Teal for this upcoming season. I want to go all the way back to where it first began for you. I think everybody has those those recollections of early stages of their career, lacing up the skates. Maybe maybe it was the parents tying the skates for you because you were too little to do it. But what do you remember about some of your earliest hockey memories? Yeah, honestly never it never crossed my mind that I'd be playing hockey my dad was a huge baseball fan and baseball uh player actually he played a little bit in college as well um and he was a great athlete um but never once did that cross my mind until I saw my friend actually one of my best friends growing up he was playing hockey on the ice and I was like oh I want to try that um and my mom thought it was going to be like once a week and she's like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll sign them up. And then next thing you know, it's three days a week, then it's five days a week. And the rest is history. It's been over 20 years now. So yeah, uh, that little spark uh, got me going. There's something about the game. I really do feel like people, once they play, it's hard to kind of let it go. It just has uh, that kind of um, gravity towards it. All right. We talked a little bit about your parents, your mom, Jackie, your dad, Tony, your dad is a contractor. Your mom does some property management and you talked about how much they've meant to you, but uh, how would you kind of articulate their impact on your life so far? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of hard to put into words, everything they've done for me to get me to where I am. Like always taking me to practices, always there for me. If I need anything, the biggest supporters, uh, help me get through college uh, and always, like I said, uh, giving me the most support. And they're always the first ones to say congratulations uh, when something goes well or pick me up when something doesn't go well. So like, I, I can't thank them enough for everything they've done. We mentioned her sister. She played some lacrosse. So who is the best athlete in the family amongst the kids? <laughs> oh, um, I also have a twin brother, but he didn't, he didn't, uh, he played a little bit of baseball growing up, but uh, my sister was a great athlete too. She broke a lot of records um, at our school. So it's a close one there. I'll go with that. That was the political answer. I love that you're a twin. I'm a twin as well. I okay. I'm shocked though, your, your twin brother, and this happened actually with, with my twin and I too, because we're very close, but I got really into surfing. He surfed and then he kind of just got over it. So did your brother ever play any hockey and then maybe it just kind of fizzled out for him? No, he actually never never actually played hockey it's weird I don't I don't exactly know how that happened but I think it was just because one of my good friends that um I I was at the rink at the right time and maybe my parents ended up saying I don't know if we could afford both of them to play hockey right now or something but he ended up uh just sticking to baseball for a little bit and then that fizzled out but yeah he's he's always there to support as well but he's never never played any hockey growing up Get in the festive spirit and give the gift of Sharks hockey this holiday season. Be at the tank on December 21st as the San Jose Sharks take on the Arizona Coyotes. 
every fan in attendance will receive a special edition holiday sweater jersey. Whether you want to be the best dressed at your holiday party, need a last minute gift idea, or want to be featured on the big screen at the game, come celebrate with us this year and secure your tickets at sjsharks.com tickets today. Phones, laptops, and tablets aren't just devices. They're the keys to connecting to your health. At Kaiser Permanente, you can connect faster with video visits and our easy-to-use app. Track your health with access to most lab results and health records. You can even make appointments, email doctors, and fill most prescriptions. Kaiser Permanente. Tomorrow's healthcare today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Appointments as available and appropriate. Features available from Kaiser Permanente facilities. The Hilton San Jose is the preferred hotel of the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center in San Jose. Experience something new. Close to home or from across the world, the Hilton San Jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences. Enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious Waldorf Astoria beds and upgraded amenities. We're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out. Visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation. We are Hilton. We are hospitality. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We are talking to Barracuda forward Anthony Vincent. So you talked about it. You played prep hockey, and there's some notable names on the team that you played for during your four-year high school career, including Pete DeBoer's son, Jack DeBoer, I believe you played with. Tyce Thompson as well. Tage's brother was on that high school team, and you also had some other guys that that had decent careers and played beyond just uh, high school. But uh, what is... For us West Coasters, what is prep hockey life like? Yeah, I mean, it's like mini college, um, I guess. Like, I went to an all-boys school, so that's a little bit different than college. But it was 300 guys. Um, and, yeah, you live and board on campus, uh, do school, like, just like college. And then, yeah, we had a great program there as well um, under Andrew Will. Um, but, yeah. It's like mini college for sure. And that sort of got me ready for college as well. Just the preparation um, and sort of them getting you ready for what to expect uh, in the coming years. So, yeah, it was awesome experience and something I'll never forget. Post high school hockey, you go to the West Coast of Canada. You play for the Chilliwack Chiefs in the BCHL. We happened to actually go practice at their arena during COVID. Okay. We were playing in Abbotsford and okay. uh, went about 45 minutes or so up the road and ended up practice. There it was a cool little barn, classic kind of junior hockey barn. But how did a kid from the East Coast end up in the West Coast of Canada to play as junior hockey? And you had a teammate, too, on your on your uh, high school team, I, I believe, Tommy Lee, if I'm not uh yep mistaken who also also went with you and played uh, for the Chiefs as well yeah so we actually lived together for the two years that we were there but there was a little bit of a connection with Salisbury and Chilliwack because uh two kids the year before actually ended up going out there so I think that's sort of where the connection came in and uh they uh gave us a shot to go out there and uh ended up working so it was an unbelievable experience and got got me to where I was uh in college and then to where I am today so you lived with your old buddy from high school. Did you guys live with a billet family? Yeah, we lived with an unbelievable billet family. They took us in uh, for two years. We were actually the first two billets, uh, not to brag or anything, but to stay with them for the full two years. So that was a great feeling. And it was like a second family. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, they sort of treated us like they were their, we were their own. So that was awesome. Do you still keep in contact with your billets? Yeah, uh, 
Sean and Treva. So they're, we uh, keep in contact uh, quite a bit and they're actually one of the first to call me when I came out to San Jose because they were trying to come out to see if we played Abbotsford because that's right by them. So uh, hopefully they'll get a chance to see me play uh, someday. I'm assuming if we end up going up to Abbotsford, which we probably will, given the fact they're in the division that they'll try to make make that trip to to see it, just a short drive kind of up the road. So you go to Chilliwack, you play there for a couple of years, and then off to Holy Cross. Talk about the recruiting process. Was Holy Cross the school you you kind of targeted from the get-go? Were there any other schools in the mix? How'd you end up landing at Holy Cross? Yeah, it's... Uh sort of a uh, uh, similar story to Long Island. Like they were one of the only schools that took a shot on me. And like some other schools had a little bit of interest in me, but they were the first school and uh, basically only school that gave me that chance and offered me to play there. And my uh, dream was to play division one hockey. And obviously I wasn't going to turn that down. I was going into my 20 year old season and actually was about to have knee surgery. Um, so they, they gave me the okay to have knee surgery and they took a chance on me and uh, ended up being a great four years there. I think you missed him, but Kasten Sommer is the son of former Barracuda coach Roy Sommer. I think he played at Holy Cross and now he's part of that coaching stuff. I was trying to look at the years and I think you may have just missed him uh, during your time there. He actually, he was my last year. So I got one year under him uh, and the new coaching staff. So it was all, it was obviously great to, um, uh, get coached by him as well, a former Holy Cross player. But yeah, just uh, knowing that his dad coached out here too was um, also a little bit of a connection that he he actually mentioned, like good luck and all that. Um, I know he moved on to San Diego, but yeah, that was always a little bit of uh, comfort hearing from him as well. There's always some connection somewhere in the world of hockey. It's It's really incredible how there's always something and somebody that knows somebody, there's some sort of crossed path. Did you did you ever play any games at the DCU Center, the old home of the, the Worcester Sharks at any point? Yeah, we did. We actually had a nice breaker tournament. So we played uh, Boston College in Northeastern there. So that was a great experience. And then we actually got a chance. So my, it was my junior year. One of our volunteer assistant coaches actually uh, decided to go back to the Worcester Railers, uh, Bobby Butler, and we ended up just going to watch him play. So, and he's still playing there. So it's actually a cool story. He took almost two years off and then went back and started playing again. We're talking to Anthony Vincent Barracuda forward. Your final year at Long Island, you had that breakout season, 17 goals, an outstanding year. We mentioned it. You were a Hobie Baker candidate. What did it mean to you to have that type of national recognition? Yeah, like, uh, obviously, it's unbelievable to have that national recognition. Um, and I don't take that lightly, but it wouldn't have happened without uh, the coaching staff and the players that helped me get to where I was at that point and where I am now. So honestly, like I said, uh, I can't thank Long Island University enough um, for getting me to where I am. One thing that I really loved about your game in the small sample size, just your tenacity, I was writing a, a blog the other day and I talked about you because you had just signed and I didn't mean this as a slight by any means, but I, I think it's a huge compliment to the style of play that you have. I said, you're that perfect bottom six forward. You're, you're just constantly going, you're throwing the body, you're working and you're coming off a great offensive season. But I thought 
the way you came in and you just almost adapted like a chameleon to fit your role. I was really impressed by that. Where do you think you get that type of edge and tenacity? I don't know. I've I've always had a little bit of, little bit of an edge of just playing hockey. I like to sort of get under people's skins. I don't know. It's a little bit of just the style that I've always grown up and uh, played like uh, just being physical, being fast, playing hard. But yeah, maybe it comes from my parents' DNA. I don't know. But yeah, just something that I've always done a little bit of. What's your favorite thing to do away from the rink when you're not playing? Oof. Uh, honestly, probably just hanging out, like playing golf. Um, definitely is something I like to do. like to do a little bit more, but it's always good to step away from the rink, uh, enjoy the beautiful weather, and always uh, play around the golf here and there. So we're ca- catching up during the offseason. What does your offseason look like moving forward over the next handful of months? Yeah, so basically it's a lot of training, obviously getting ready for the season, but also a little bit of work to uh, help out my dad as well in construction, sort of uh, learning the trade a little bit more, um, but also making a few extra bucks. But yeah, just trying to keep busy and enjoy the summer, obviously, with uh, friends and family. But yeah, just trying to get ready for the season. You had that small little sample size in San Jose. What's the biggest thing that you're most looking forward to about San Jose now that you kind of can find your roots a little bit, maybe get a little more comfortable with your surroundings, hopefully not living out of a hotel for a month and a half. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about moving, I guess, to San Jose on a full-time basis? Um, I mean, obviously I'm excited for the season, uh, see the guys again um, and to uh, honestly enjoy the experience because like you said, I had that small sample size, but I really want to sort of improve off of that sample size and be someone that maybe can be a consistent factor in the lineup. So like, obviously, um, yeah, it's great to get 14 games out of the way, but it's a new season, a new year, still got to prove myself. So I'm just uh, working on getting better every day and excited to um, head back out there in September. I don't know if you've talked to anybody with the organization, Joe Will or, or John McCarthy. Are you planning on being in San Jose for development camp or will we see you just during training camp? Yeah, so the plan is just to be there during training camp. I don't um, I won't be coming out to uh, development camp, I think, uh, maybe because I'm a little bit older. Maybe that plays a factor. Um, but yeah, they just uh, mentioned me coming out for training camp, so I'll be there in September for sure, but not in July. You talked about training this offseason, and every year it's kind of an annual time, I guess, if you will, to work on your game, different areas, your game off ice, on ice. How does your training regimen shake out? What is your schedule during the offseason from a training standpoint? Yeah, so it's a little bit different uh, this year just because I've never had almost four plus months to get ready for a season, which is something that is exciting as well because it gives me more time to focus on smaller things that maybe I didn't have time to do in the past. But it's always like I've been on sort of a routine of training at Pulaski Strength uh, at 9 a.m. Um, every Monday through Friday um, and sometimes on uh, Saturdays. But um, And then as I get closer to the end of June, July, and August, like I'll be getting back on the ice and sort of uh, building up my conditioning and all that as well. So 
I, I've taken a little bit of time uh, away from the rink after a long season, um, but I'm excited to get back on as well. You were one of a handful of guys who signed PTOs near the end of the year. Was there anybody in that group that you kind of gravitated towards and kind of almost hit it off right away from a, just a, st- a friendship standpoint? I mean, yeah, it was uh, great to be roommates with uh, Roman, um, which is great that he's coming back as well. Um, but yeah, he was my first roommate. So we obviously had a little bit of a connection there, but all the guys on ATOs and PTOs, uh, I thought we were pretty close. Uh, we ended up uh, hanging out a lot together just because we spent a good amount of time in the hotel together. So uh, that was good to sort of get new, uh, make new friends and also uh, just understand them as hockey players as well and see them grow as well while I was out there. Growing up playing the game, who was someone that you idolized from a hockey player standpoint? Yeah, someone, I'm a huge Devils fan. So someone like uh, Zach Parise was someone that I really idolized. And even like uh, Zach Hyman is someone that I like to look uh, at when he plays uh, for Toronto now. But uh, those are probably two guys that I've been uh, looking at uh, since I was younger. So when you came to San Jose, they gave you 91. You don't often get to choose younger players. They just give you a number. What do you think of 91? I mean, it's a little bit different style than some guys that have uh, worn the number, but I'm not complaining if uh, my name and number are on a Barracuda jersey. So I'll take whatever they give me. Well, awesome stuff, man. Congratulations on signing the contract. It was great to meet you. Get to be around you a little bit near the end of the year. Excited that you'll be back next year as well. But uh Enjoy the off season. Make sure your dad doesn't work you too hard, uh, but look forward to seeing you in the fall. But thank you again for the time. Yeah, thanks, Noli. Thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks again for this opportunity. And I'm excited to see you in the fall as well. A big thank you to Anthony Vincent for joining us. That'll do it for this episode. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.